heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your own phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more podcast platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Football is finally here, and we got some stuff to recap. Um, I was going to do a week one predictions, but I couldn't get around to it. And um, it's on my TikTok, which uh, if you don't follow me on TikTok, it's at MainMarkMurph. But welcome to episode 24 of the YWC Football Talk podcast. Nightmare 10, Phil is back here once again with me. And I'm going to go back to Skype for a second because I need... We did this when we answered the phone, and I got to do this again. But... Superman Cam! Oh, I know there was a bit of trash talk when it came to everything. Like, with not so much with, like, oh, how Cam played, but oh, let's see how you do against a real opponent. But you know what? There were some moments where he looked a little iffy, but for the most part, man, Cam looked pretty good yesterday. He did. He did look really good. I mean, he didn't have to do a lot, which is exactly what I is the perfect uh, formula anyway. He does. He shouldn't have to do a lot, which is you know, when you put a lot on the quarterback, which they did do last year, which is conveniently enough. They put too much on Brady. He had no, no, he had no help. Um, but yeah, so like. Yeah, I was really impressed with Newton, and the fact it's so weird. It's just, like it was obviously you know first game without Brady in the in the uniform, but it was actually ended up, and we'll talk about this later. But like more, it was more weird seeing Brady in a different uniform than not seeing Brady. Which, if that makes sense, I thought it was gonna be like I really thought it was gonna be emotional not seeing Brady on the field, but it's also weird just seeing a quarterback that can run the ball. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> like, I mean, it's just weird, how, you know, because obviously you know that's kind of where the future's going, but at the same time, it's like we haven't had that so. Um, I mean, outside of a random run where you go crazy for Brady, but I thought I, I, I do think Newton looked really, really good. I was impressed. Um, he obviously didn't have to throw. We'll see throw as much, so we'll see in the games where maybe someone contains him a little bit more. We'll see how his arm truly is. Um, so this, it was like first impressions. I was definitely impressed. I was like, okay, he's he's at least he can at least uh, manage the game. So that's good. Exactly, and also too, like there was a lot of plays where. Tom would usually take a sack or have to get rid of the ball or just have a grounding like I saw he did one yesterday against New Orleans. But with Cam, there's those plays where he's able to get out of the pocket. And I do agree with people like when they like chirp say, oh, like you just played Miami and like it's, it's like only it's just Miami. I know I said the same thing more than once. But I'm excited for Sunday. Like I'm not like going into it being like nervous. Like, oh, if it was Stidham, I'd be going into it being like, oh, we're going to lose. Like when I saw this game on the schedule back in May, I kind of circled it as like we probably I wouldn't be shocked if we lost it. But it's gonna be a good test too, because if Cam goes out there and even if we lose, but say if it's like twenty seven twenty four, like we lose by a touchdown and Cam looks decent, I'm gonna be impressed because even though Seattle's offense looked really good yesterday, their defense didn't exactly let Atlanta like Atlanta there were some plays where Atlanta just got the ball off really well. The Julio had a good game, Calvin Ridley had a good game. So we'll see what happens on Sunday, but for the most part, it's it's exciting just to know, like, hey, Cam's in this system, but like we've said too, and I know Big Rat's a big advocate for this because he's so anti-Josh Allen, when people are like, Josh Allen looked good, I'm like, yeah, he played a worse Jets team. I'd say Miami gave us some trouble yesterday, but not too, too much trouble. Yeah, they just don't have talent. I mean, I think I think you, I think think you the Dolphins, I will give them props uh, in the 
game is I thought that it kind of coached pretty well. Like, it's the best they could with the talent that they have. They just don't have the talent. It just, it just isn't there. I think their defense, you could see some some shines. Uh, God, I can't remember the guy's name, the linebacker. Um, and as Big Red jumps, getting ready to jump into the call with us. But uh, So he'll know more about it. He'll, I think it's is it Carter? Not Carter. Uh, Baker. I don't know. Baker, there you go. Um, he seemed pretty good. I mean, uh, had you know, doesn't have any discipline. The only thing I will say is this, I'm leading into this is the discipline for the Dolphins isn't there. So I want to kind of ask Big Rat when he, when he jumps in about that. Like, is there an issue there, or does it just happen to be like first game jitters and stuff like that? Because there's a lot of stuff. Like, and that's my one thing with Cam. Cam's going to kind of fight back, so it's going to be a little different to see that. Now that Brady didn't fight back, kind of let he would walk away. So it was like it was kind of different um, to see Cam, of course, being someone that you know is going to fight back, but. Uh, the, the Dolphins seem kind of mouthy, but that's kind of this this uh, rivalry also, too. So maybe it's just the fact that I haven't seen it in a while. And Big we Rat, got the Dolphins fan. Here he is, Big Rat. Like, we were just talking about it, just going in a little bit in yesterday, kind of saying how, even though, like, it was 21-11, to 11, we thought that Brian Flores did actually run some ran some pretty good plays, and also, too, the defense looked... The defense had some moments where it shined. Like, I even tweeted out yesterday saying that Jerome Baker was a bit of a problem for the Patriots. Um... I just want what 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 do you think about the game yesterday from your perspective from the Dolphins perspective? Uh yeah, I I would agree. I thought Flores made some nice, adjust, nice adjustments throughout the game. The Patriots had good counters. Um, like early in the game, uh, the Dolphins were pretty consistently having like linebackers trail James White. Uh, but the problem was it like really exposed them in the middle of the running game. So then, as you got closer to the red zone, Flores would instead have the safeties do that, uh, whether it be. Uh, Eric Rowe or Bobby McCain trailing him out to the flat. But then as to keep the linebackers in the middle of the field, not having to chase James White and uh, exposing them to problems. And then the, the Patriots would then counter, and then you'd have those plays where I think both of Newton's touchdowns were outside, up up to the right side, up through the end zone. Uh, I, thought Flores, yeah, I thought Flores made some good adjustments. It's just, you know, I just think the, the Dolphins front seven is getting a lot of heat today. And, I mean... You know, they were up and down. Like, I thought some guys played well. I mean, I thought Jerome played well. I thought Christian Wilkins had a good game. I thought Devon Gacho had a good game. But really, I think the story was just that the Pats front, you know, just just bullied them. Bullied them, and Cam and the running backs were able to get, get space whenever they wanted, and they just ran the ball really well. The Dolphins made adjustments. They did their best. Like I said, some some of the linebackers, some of the D tackles, like, did a, did a good job contesting, limiting the yards after the catch. Uh, but, you know, the Patriots deserved to win, I thought, pretty clearly. I mean, they just they deserved it. They ran the ball very well. They deserved to win. Even though the Dolphins did some good things, Patriots were the better team. Um, the, the one thing I want to notice, too, on one of the cam runs, I noticed that they did the Patriots did this perfectly where they did a three wide receiver set to the left. So that took away the corners and the safeties, made them go to the left. So then Cam saw that, read that, and it was just a simple quarterback sweep to the right. So he just walked in, clear as day, and by the time that... Miami realized it. It was too late, and Cam was basically just running into the house. So that was just one thing I know. That was one thing I noticed right away. I think it was to Jim and Tony picked up on it perfectly during the game. Was just the way they did that. And like I was saying to Phil earlier with Cam, uh, Sunday versus Seattle is going to be a bit of a challenge. But if they can come out of that either with a win or looking impressive, like I still think it's a good sign because a lot of people are going right now. Like with Tom, where it was, oh, he was playing New Orleans next week. For all we know, he's going to torch Carolina. With the Cam, they want to see Cam throw, and they want to see Cam beat a good team. And I just made the argument, I want to see the same from Josh Allen, because let's be honest, the Jets were probably the worst team yesterday in the NFL. Right, and I think, I mean, going on the the whole Cam thing, like, one, we talked a little bit of this already, but, like, his decision-making was was on point. Like, that's that was the biggest thing. He didn't have to throw a lot, but he knew when to run, when not to run, 
you know, do, and that was, you know, when to hand it off, that kind of thing, when to keep it. Um, there was one, I think, yeah, there was one play, like, I don't know how you don't fumble the ball. Like, I'm impre- like it was just like a fan perspective being, pre- uh, uh, I mean, it's not just Cam, other people do it. But, like, he basically gave the ball all the way to Sony Michelle and then still kept it. Like, it was just like, I was like, that play was awesome to see because it's like being able to do that and not, you know. So, but, yeah, I mean, I think um, something I was going to say. One thing I will say, the con- a concern of mine still, obviously not having Hightower is a big part of this um, just because it kind of, uh, allows for for more of a, of a pass rush. The pass rush from us was kind of non-existent. Like we kind of, I mean, we did sack. I think we sacked Fitzpatrick like, like maybe once or twice, maybe. Um, so it just seemed like there's. I mean, that's always been a New England problem. We can never seem to to get a, a good pass rush. So that's still going to be a concern because if, if you don't get pressured, people are going to get open. And so I think that's the thing, and that and that's why I love on the other side of it with Cam is because he's able to open up and extend the play even longer when pl- receivers aren't getting open. Where Brady's like wanting to get the ball out really quick, which is a good thing. But as also if there's no one open, what what are you going to do with the ball? So yeah, I, uh, I mean, just from my view as a you know quasi Patriots fan for this year, <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> I mean, it was less so yesterday. <laughs> um, moving forward. Um, yeah, I agree. I think I think it's I think I mean it may not be sexy, but I think yeah. I don't know. I think for the first month, I, maybe New England fans should be like okay with like this kind of a model. It's like because I get it, like you want more downfield throws, you want them to stretch all three levels of the field, but like, do you really want him throwing deep shots to Demir Bird all day? Like, that's, I mean, not, that's exactly right. We don't have the offense to make it a flashy win. Like these wins aren't going to be this like you know. It's like. There was no need for a forty-point game against the Dolphins because that's not what we needed to do to win. Like you know, it's like not saying that we wouldn't have scored forty if we could. I'm just saying like it's just that format. It's just you know to do what works and stick with it. You know, it's like you know we don't have the offense, uh, the offensive weapons to to go out there and have Cam go nuts with it. But it you know as they grow and as Nikhil Harry decides to hold on to the damn football, <laughs> but. uh so I mean, yeah, I mean, I, and, I, and I actually liked. I still I was big on Harry going in. I, I like what I saw from him up until that point. Like he's getting good reps with Newton, so I'm, I was impressed. I'm just like, hold on to the ball, even though I hate that rule when, when it fumbles in, in the end zone. And, but still, yeah. uh, I, I think if, if one if thing y'all I was escape like I'll just say if y'all can escape September like two and two or three and one like looking like this, I, I don't. I really don't think that's that bad. It's like uh, okay, yeah. like. And then, and then you know, maybe you'll have more explosive plays towards the end of the year as everyone's more comfortable with each other. So. Exactly. And the um, one thing I want to say, too, is actually because every week on Sundays, I usually just text. There's a buddy of mine I went to high school with who's also a Patriots fan. I just text him the score. I actually said it was going to be 21 to 10. Like, I have, right. like, I have a feeling a lot of these games are going to be like the Patriots of November, December, where there's just those, like, gritty, grind-em-out wins. Just like the – like yesterday, 21 to 11, which is a very obscure score for football – but like just stuff like that, like like I could see like a seventeen to ten somewhere down the road, like so, stuff like that, like where the defense is still gonna bail them out a lot. Which even though like we're missing guys like Hightower, a guy like Chase Winovich really impressed me yesterday. On well, he the... played great. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned yeah. that because yeah, he played amazing. Yeah. But I think the true yeah. test is we're getting a test early. Seattle, we're gonna see that Russell Wilson is balled out at week one. He's on. He's carrying the momentum from last season. They have DK Metcalf. Can we? Can Gilmore cover him? You know, you got Lockett. They have a, they have more weapons than Dolphin, than the Dolphins have on offense. So I think that's going to be a very, uh, very good test early on to see how this defense is doing without Hightower. And you know, um, Chris Carson too for Seattle looked fantastic yesterday. Um, the and Gilmore, and Gilmore, another thing. I'm going to knock on. That's my bull. Uh, 
but Gilmore needs you're too good. You don't need to be like he was like he, like the two, those two PIs were on him. Like that's got beat Preston twice. He did. He got beat, yeah. and, and, and you know, I mean, I guess better than yeah. better passing friends to get a touchdown, give up a touchdown, but still, it's like both times he kind of looked at you. I'm like, bro, you know what you did? Turn around, look at the ball. Like, but I mean, that's fine. I mean, that's cornerbacks. I mean, Ramsey even even did it yeah. last night. But I, I'd say the Ramsey one was probably the worst one. Like the if and a team knows about either. It's funny. There was a game where they had where there was a blown pass interference call that wasn't called that made them win a game, and now they have a pass interference call that goes in their favor to have them win a game. Um, but at the same time, yeah. at the same time with that, like with that, like Dallas had three points that gave away, and so guess what? Karma comes back to get you. Like it just does in football. Like you give up three points, something's gonna happen in football where you're gonna be like, man, if I had those three points right now. And that's yeah. exactly what happened to Dallas. Talk about a team, too, that lost some stars. Vlayton Van Der Esch out six to eight weeks with a broken collarbone. Uh, Jarwin done for the season with a torn ACL. Um, Marlon Mack done for the year on Indy with a torn Achilles. It was like my I, my prediction, unfortunately, came true where we lost two pretty big... I wouldn't say pretty big, but I'd say two relevant stars. Um, yeah, but just one thing I want to say quickly yesterday with upsets. Can we just all come together and admit that DeAndre Hopkins probably had the biggest fuck you performance yesterday, giving that middle <laughs> finger straight to the Houston Texans, having a career day, and Arizona actually looked pretty good against they San Francisco. really good. Kyler Murray looked, I mean, I only got to see highlights. I didn't get to watch that game, but, you know, he looked, from all the highlights I saw, he looked great. Yeah, no, so, I, it was surprising he was able to do that week one. It's like, I think we all knew that that game could come. The first come, right, yeah. the especially first against the, the defending NFC champion. Like, that defense was no joke last year. So, that was, yeah. that's you know, everybody talked about Jimmy yeah. G apparently didn't play well. I didn't, like I said, I didn't watch enough to know. But, um, so it's, yeah. that's, the, the Niners, I mean, it's yeah. week one. Week he, one overreactions yeah. are Jimmy G and the Niners done? Like, that's, no. but, I mean, they'll be fine. Yeah. But Arizona's here to play. Yeah. That's, that could be a, a very yeah. good division this year. I watched, a, bi- I, I watched a bit of this game yesterday, and from what I noticed, it was just Jimmy made a play when it mattered most, like or not Jimmy, uh, Kyler. And then like there was moments too where Kyler was just making the defense just look silly out there. And like even I'll say this now, I heard this. Kyler's that one guy you don't want to play with because you don't know what you're gonna get. Like I, it's like the same thing with like Cam right now. You don't know what you're gonna get. Kyler's another one too because Kyler's just elusive and sneaky. Like I said, I think I said on the podcast, it's, or even some people were saying the potential whole second year breakout thing. Someone said it too about Locke, but we'll find out about that in a. Big Rat's gone. Um, I'll be right back. He's back. But the one thing I was going to say, too, is a lot of people were looking at Kyler to make that next big step. Be like, you know, Patrick Mahomes in his second season MVP. Lamar last year MVP, which we'll get into him in a minute because they do not look like they missed a beat yesterday uh, in Baltimore. But we'll see what happens with Kyler Murray. But also, too, just one more point. Who would think that Arizona versus Washington week two would be both one team of that matchup would be going 2-0? and Right, that's correct. Yeah, exactly. And that should be—I mean—that's going to be a good test for Kyler Murray because that all Washington D line. I mean, obviously they played a weak uh, Eagles O line that uh, on Sunday, but still, like that D line looks legit. Chase Young looks unreal. We already knew Chase Young was going to be a beast, yeah. but Kerrigan—I mean, that D line is good. Yeah, and Kerrigan um, too now Murray, has. A... I think he also Kyler Murray was making good. Like from what, like I said, I only got to see mainly highlights, but it seemed like to me Kyler Murray is, is playing smart. Not only is he really talented. But he's playing smart. He's choosing choosing the, the perfect times to run with, when he broke out that big long one. Like so, I think that's good. That's an early start. I mean, Arizona's defense isn't even a, isn't is no joke either. So it's like um, with our boy Chandler Jones. So exactly like Arizona and plus two. I, I know it's not your ideal school, but Isaiah Simmons as well is a baller. Oh 
Yeah. Um, but another Gamecock had a good day. Another Gamecock had a good day too yesterday. Melvin Ingram for uh, I was about to say San Diego for LA. I I just saw the tweet from Gamecock football basically saying that Gilmore and Ingram both had good days, but. That's one other thing I want to say quickly, man. I I didn't watch much of the game either. Like I was just because I have, like I don't have a red zone channel here. We have something called the Zone D A Z N, and through that I get red zone. So I got to see the ending of uh, Charger, not Char- yeah Chargers Bengals, and to watch Burrow go down the field, he looked like a he didn't look like a rookie. He looked like a vet. Like Burrow, we'll give him some time, but man, the, the, the biggest thing with, with yeah. Burrow, which is what I'm not, like I I expected him to have like a pretty good. You know, they're not going to win games a lot of the time, which no. was proof there, uh, even though they should have won that one. Um, but, like, he's like he's got the talent. He's going to look really good. Like, I just think, will the coaching match up, catch up to that? You know, or will the coaching be good enough for that? And then also, you know, just the talent around him, you know, the defense uh, on the as well. So, offense, he's got weapons. So, um, I didn't see the T. Higgins do it. I didn't see the T. Higgins do anything. Um, I'm going to look up his – I'll look up his stat line right now. But from what I know, uh, no. I, that's one thing I meant to look for, but – Oh, it's all good. That's what we. That's what we're here for, guys. We just look up stats on the fly because you know what? That's our style. And Big Rat's back. Is we're just talking quickly about. Um, it's unfortunate that Burrow lost the game the way he did, but I was saying to Phil, he looked like a vet out there. He didn't look like a rookie. And uh, just looking at Higgins quickly for Phil. Uh, Higgins. Well, Griff looks that up, I don't think he. It, I don't. I don't he see really his did. stats on here, so I don't really think he did a whole lot yesterday, but. He, he looked still, good. They're still working him yeah. in the offense, I'm sure. But. The only thing I got to say is, I don't know which was worse. Or, you know what I love? I, I'm going off track here. I love how Bears fans go from saying, fuck you, Mitch Trubisky, we want you benched, to we love you being down. Like, the Lions just find, like, there's certain teams who find, like, weird ways to lose. The Lions just, I don't know how you could be a, sorry to the Motor City Marks, I don't know how you could be a Lions fan, because one week they'll, like, lose this way, and then the next week they'll just, like, rip your heart out one week, and then the next week they just... Put it back in, and then they rip it right back out. I feel like that's what being a yeah, fan yeah, of Detroit yeah. Lions uh, football is. Joe was talking about how he, he's not even surprised anymore about that. So yeah, <laughs> but, uh, I'm gonna be a touch. That that was a very like stereotypical Lions loss, like under Matt Patricia. Like, oh yeah. Just the it was eerily similar to their Week One game against the Cardinals last year, except instead of a tie, they just outright lost the game. Uh, where you had so they had like this commanding. I think in Week One last year it was an 18 point lead, and this year was a 17 point lead. And you look like you're in control. The offense looks good. The defense looks good, and then it just all falls apart. And yeah, the, the swift drop is certainly bad luck, but it's like. I mean, I definitely feel bad for them. I, don't, I have sympathy to some degree. But it's also like, I don't know, don't freaking, don't let it get, get to that point in the first place. Like, don't, don't you have a huge lead. A huge why are you like... Uh, As we are Chris Fowler coming to the podcast. <laughs> I just heard the Monday Night Football stream coming from one of you guys. I guess some one of you guys are streaming it. I just heard Chris Fowler quickly. Um, That's all, but... Oh yeah, yeah, I was just gonna say, yeah, like don't don't let it get to that point. Don't blow a seventeen point lead. Don't throw an interception under two minutes and give the Bears the chance to win. It's just like, like don't do these things, and then you're not in the because there's like a drop in every game. There's not always a drop touchdown. Obviously, not as egregious as that, but like it only cost you the game because of your own fuck ups the previous half. So. Yeah, it shouldn't even have been to that point. And it seems like the Lions have that stigma to where like, oh wait. We- like we're in the lead, we're the Lions. Wait a second, we get we can't do that. Yeah. But then you see the you see them go out and beat the Patriots last year. So it's like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. they're literally it's like for every good thing they do, they literally take two steps back. Yeah. Like it's like, oh hey, they can go out here like like you said, 
and beat the Patriots, do whatever. Like, they had a really good win against them, but then the next week they'll go out and, like, blow a 17-point lead to the Chicago Bears like they did yesterday. Um, And also, too, I feel like uh, Mitch, not Mitch, Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace are doing whatever they can because they literally just gave the entire team pairs of Jordans, and I just love that, how they're, like, wearing these brand-new white and orange shoes, full track suits like it's college, like... What are they going to do? Like, pay them, like, Apple Watch? Like, every, each game is a new gift. Oh, hey, this week's Apple Watches. This week's, like, a new TV. It's, like, next week's a, an iPhone with AirPods. It's, like, where's the gift giving going to stop with the Chicago Bears? Um, the only other thing I have to say with a fuck you performance was Aaron Rodgers basically going, like, hey, Green Bay, you want to draft a quarterback? Um, yeah. I'm still me. That's what, that's what happens when you finally uh, get rid of your dead weight, a.k.a. Danica Patrick. <laughs> 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 For those of you that know who that is. Yeah. But... But, I, uh, but yeah, Rogers balled out. I mean, I have Adams on one of my fantasy teams, so that was I was very appreciative of that. But uh, I expected like the Vikings, man. That defense, like I had a feeling, which is funny. I had the Vikings defense in one of my leagues, and I was like, right before the like, not right before the game, but the night before, I'm like, I don't feel good about this. And so I literally dropped them, picked up Tennessee, and they would have got me not negative nine. The Vikings. I'm like, oh, thank God. I had a oh, just something about a feeling. I'm like I don't know. I think Rogers is about to go off, and I I failed at last minute. So. Sometimes those good feelings are good. Don't always listen to your feelings last yeah. minute, though. Sometimes they can get you. <laughs> did you guys see Mike Vrabel's mask yesterday when he was boarding the plane? Derek Henry is... Mike Mike Vrabel's the fantasy football coach of the year. Like, just, <laughs> like, by that like that mask, I have Derek Henry in a couple leagues, and I'm just like, if he does not get over 20 points tonight, I'm going to be disappointed. But, um... Like, yeah. Denver's defense without Von Miller is going to is gonna suffer. I think Henry's going to have, have his, for sure. Um, yeah. Just whether Drew Locke... I mean, Drew Locke... Look pretty impressive, so we'll see yeah. if he keeps that up. I don't think I don't think Sutton's gonna be playing tonight. That's the other disclaimer. If for anyone He's listening, we record we're recording as the Giants Steelers game is on, which is in halftime right now with the Giants up ten to nine, and Titans Broncos is later. So uh, we'll figure the results of that later. But the other game I think we got to talk about, honestly, Saints and Bucks. Yeah, I mean, because I think that's a game all three of us watch. I can tell right away from when Big Rat looked and went, hmm? yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's a game all so, three of us watch. Let me just say, like, anyone surprised, like. Let me just say this. Anyone surprised about how that game went? The Saints are good. Like, they're, like, don't just act like after, because it's, like, I get it. There's a lot of going, even with, like, there was a lot of emotions going in. There's a lot of, like, you know, the narrative toward Brady. But all that narrative, Saints was like, we don't care. We're still going to, we're still the Saints. Like, that Saints defense, and I'll even give props to both defenses, even though I know the Bucs end up giving up a lot of points. But points are, it's hard to stop, like. It's it's the other things that I look at, and it's like the defense for the for the Bucks looked good for for a majority of that game. It's just you can't contain that offense. I mean, Kamara, uh, exactly. That wasn't proof why Saints you should have signed him like forever ago. Like recently, like that was proof they got like that man needed his money. Like I mean, so and Michael Tom- Michael Thomas didn't even do that much in that game. Like that's what that's what's impressive about the the Saints. Like they only their star guy doesn't have to do every. You know, it's like the Saints should have won by even more. They should have. Like, they should have. I mean, yeah, like, I mean, there's obviously the the Camara touchdown at the buzzer that got taken off, which would have made it 41-23 by yeah. the score. But there was also just there were like the Bucks offense. It's like they moved the ball almost all their touchdown drives needed like a forty yard, thirty yard pass interference penalty to move the ball that's down true. the field. Yeah, yeah. And, and Craig, look, Craig, I mean, I get it. It's Mike Evans. That's part of his game. You throw a jump ball to him, yeah, either catches it or he draws a PI call. I, like you know, I get it. It, it is somewhat sustainable. It's just. That's kind. Of, that's kind of their way of doing it, and um, 
it, it was pretty remarkable. Like, it just seemed like for most of the fourth quarter, even when it was like an 11-point game, it just felt like the Saints were like pretty clearly outclassing them. You know, it was just like they were the better team. Like, it's funny you, brought, you mentioned the Mike Evans thing because going into the season, that's the that's the matchup that that I was more the most excited for Brady. But I actually thought like because I like Mike Evans and I like Brady, but like I, that was the one I knew was going to need the most work because it's just Brady one is like and he proved it in this game. His deep ball is just not the same. And so, like, Mike Evans, that's your guy. So, if you can get, like, figure out what I was saying, if you can get it close, then, yeah, you might can get a PI or he might can, you know, make a play and get it. But it's like that chemistry is going to take all, uh, uh, several games to get to get there. Whereas you guys, like, uh, what's the guy's name? Scotty? Is it Scotty? Uh, Scotty Miller. Scotty Miller is going to be a fantasy beast. Justin Watson. <laughs> um, Godwin. I knew Godwin was going to be, what was gonna be. you know, I had no worries there. I, was, I just thought that I, I knew, it was good to see that I knew that with Evans and uh, – but one thing I'll say is the one concern that everyone had about the Bucks is is already showing early. That offensive line is not playing good. Like, our, I mean, obviously it was one man. The one guy got so turnstile. One man all it takes. Like, you, like that. That was the key. Like, if the offensive line is not good, Brady. Like, it doesn't You're, matter how quick he can get it out. You know. You are strong as your weakest link. As weakest link. He was he was getting owned. Like Cameron Jordan was having lunch. Like in dinner, all of all at once. Like the, Cameron Jordan had his way with with uh, Smith, I believe his name is. So that's a problem. Like you got like if, if you got to move him, you got to do something. Like, but that's the t- things that you work out through the early season. I'm not going to overreact. Like anyone saying, see, I knew the people overhyped the Bucks. Like, yeah, there was probably some overhype, but no one overhyped them over the Saints. I had no one. I don't think I ever heard anyone say that they're going to be they were going to like be better than the Saints at the end of the year. I didn't hear that from anybody. So it was like, okay, we saw what we thought we were going to see. So now we'll see next week when they play a team they should easily beat. In the Panthers, so which who knows? I don't know. The Panthers are still. I mean, the Panthers play well against the Raiders as much as they could. The, the Panthers are going to be that team. But just want to know quickly. I think the Panthers are going to be that team where it's like they're going to shit disturb a lot of people. Like I think Matt Rule's not going in there being like, "Oh hey, we know we're rebuilding, but we're not going down without a fight." Like that's what they did yesterday against the Raiders. So <laughs> honestly, it would not shock me if the if the Bucks win that game, but it's close. It would not shock me, or if it's like. Close for like it's it's close for like eighty percent, and then like and then you see Tampa pull away. But even yesterday too, like Gronk was quiet. Like you saw, I don't know even that too, but I feel like as well. I feel like Arians had a. I think Arians had a leash on Brady. Like, am I the only one who thought that? Where he like with a lot of the run plays and stuff. No, no, I'm saying that Brady, like just in general, that he had a leash on, like where it was. You knew Brady could do more, but then Arians, I feel like, was being very restrictive, who also looked like an idiot wearing those Oakleys inside the Superdome. He, uh, their run-to-pass ratio was very run-heavy, um, or at least more run-heavy than it usually is under Bruce Arians. Like, yeah. this, is, this, is, this is usually, like, the first or second heaviest pass team in the league. Yeah. And they were running, they were running runs and pass at, like, a 50-50 clip at one point during the game. So to that level, yeah, they were kind of restraining the game a little bit. I thought it was interesting in the presser, the first Brady's interceptions. So the second one, the that pick six, just, the, yeah, the pick six to, to Jenkins, yeah, uh, or th- that just may be a play they have to take out of the playbook. Like that's a hard throw. That's on the far hash outside yeah. the numbers. I just don't know if forty-three-year-old Brady can make that throw anymore. Not like that's against a quarterback, that's one of the best in the league. Like Jenkins made like that's like I saw that play and I'm like Brady. There's no way that receiver is going to be like that. Like Jenkins is is dying for that play. Like that's just a play that should have never happened. I agree with that. If you watch, if you watch a uh, Matt Schaub uh, back, like when me, me, Phil, and Marquise, watch your man. <laughs> uh, 
Audrey Matt, uh, the, two, the 2013 Matt Schaub season that got him finally benched as the starter in Houston. Uh, go watch like the first play of the game against the 49ers where he threw another pick six to extend his streak of like most games with a pick six. And uh, it was a it was a very same play. Far hash outside the numbers takes it to the house. It's just it's just the hardest. The first pick, you know, I think Troy Aikman, like on the broadcast, was like, "Oh, miscommunication. Oh, like Mike Evans made a mistake." Apparently, in the press conference, Bruce Arians actually said that it was Brady's fault. Yeah, said he overthrew. Yeah, yeah. 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 I heard the same thing. He said, I thought, actually, when I saw it, I thought that. I said Brady clearly overthrew him. Like that's yeah. he overthrew him. That's, I didn't say it. that's the first thing I saw when I saw it. Like, yeah, there was probably some miscommunication involved in that, but still, it was more of Brady didn't get him anywhere near him. Like, like, you know. Like, that's one thing I got to wonder, too, is how is Brady going to handle, because he's used to being called out by Bill in the film room where it's private and no one knows it. I got to wonder how him and his ego are going to handle being called out publicly by your head coach, because that's something he's not used to. That's very interesting. Yeah, but even, too, though, like... For everyone saying, like, the whole Mike Evans thing as well, like, someone was, like, just asking about fantasy, like, oh, I took Mike Evans, he's going to be Brady's biggest target. I'm like, no, he's not. It's going to be Chris Godwin, because Chris Godwin's that guy can catch, like, a 10 to 15-yard pass and then take it down for an extra 20 yards or so. There's going to be those occasional lobs to Mike Evans, but for now, there's going to be some miscommunications. Like, the first one, too, you could say it's on either guy, but the fact that whether if it's Evans didn't run the right route or Brady overthrew it, it's just the end of the day, man, seeing a... Jameis Winston seeing his former team's new quarterback throw a pick six must have just been, he must have just been on the sidelines being like, man, that was me once. Like, feels good not to be me. <laughs> exactly. As of now, uh, Jameis Winston, as a Buccaneer last year, he averaged 1.9 interceptions per game. Brady, that's what everyone said all summer. All summer, everyone said, say what you want about Brady, at least he won't turn over the ball. That's what exactly. everyone said. No, exactly. That's the thing that, yeah, honestly, it's like, because then after that, I think someone said, like, stat-wise, he was better than, he was technically better than Breeze after that, is what, I, I, don't, I never looked into that, but they said, I mean, but stats, don't, I, mean, I think in that, that regard, it's like, well, Breeze didn't have to do nearly as much, like, because he, mm-hmm. if Breeze, if Breeze was down two touchdowns, Breeze is probably throwing it down. Right, exactly. So I think that, yeah, that's what I was saying. Like, I think the stats are, are a little skewed there. But yeah, I, I mean, I think this isn't this doesn't shock me. Like, I know, like, we're obviously Patriots fans are having their fun with the whole you know one and zero, zero and one. Like, and quasi Patriot fan. I mean, I don't think the Bucks are in trouble. I don't think at all. I don't. I think Brady's fine. They'll get it figured out. Like at all, um, they're gonna get. They have too much invested to not. And I just think it's just you know, it's, it was just proof that you're looking at a Saints team that didn't change. They were good last year. They're going to be even better. Like, like, and then against a team that has all these new pieces, all these new uh, things. I mean, Fournette didn't even really barely get. He barely got in the game himself. So, uh, I think he's going to be key. I, I will say, I thought Gronk looked pretty slow. So, like, well, that's yeah. Not, yeah, with Gronk, is I think that I think it's clear they. It's so like as much as you over like everyone like overhyped the Gronk signing thing. This is exactly what I knew that they would end up doing. Like I thought Gronk would get more than he got. But like he was, he was crucial in the in the run game. Like that's what they used him for. They're like 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 if they're smart, I would like you're not, you shouldn't have to use him that much. Obviously, in that game, they needed him, <laughs> so it looks bad in that in that regard. But uh, like he just one of those like he should like you have all these other weapons. Gronk should not be a guy that has to do everything like he had in, in later years in New England. But I think it's going to be embarrassing. Uh, just one quick thing. I think it's going to be embarrassing towards the end of the year when we realize that Gronk 
was going not only above OJ Howard in fantasy drafts, which he was, but he was also like he was like a top ten tight end drafted. And I mean, I'm not shitting on Gronk. I like Gronk. It's just I don't know. I think I I of the two, OJ is the one who looked like he had a little more juice when it comes to fantasy. OJ did look good, and I think yeah, OJ OJ did look good. And I actually made like I have in one league. I I, I ended up because uh, you can actually. Uh, Take two start a tight end. I said you can start a tight end in the flex. So I actually ended up um, drafting Hayden Hurst and I got Gronk later on in a couple of rounds just to see, like, just in case Gronk was good, I wanted to be able to, you know, I could play two tight ends. I ended up deciding to play Gronk instead of Hayden Hurst, and that, that bit me in the butt. So I was one person. I just thought, because I thought if anyone that Brady's going to get a touchdown with, that's what I thought. I didn't think Gronk was going to get a lot of points, but I thought it was almost like a guarantee he's going to get a Gronk touchdown, even in garbage time, which, and it just, he didn't get it. So I was like, okay, well. Um, the only thing I want to say is, well, the best big, the best throw yesterday wasn't even done by Brady or Breeze. The best throw was that Taysom Hill passed Alvin Kamara late in the game. Like, just imagine, like, that's the thing, too, with the Saints. When you think you got them figured out, they just throw the wrench called Taysom Hill right at you. That's why I think this team has a chance this year to actually go deep. Like, I want to see them go deep just so they can write that last chapter, get that swanks on, get that second chip, because... Like I've said before, in the NFL, there's a huge difference between winning one championship and winning two. Well, I think the two things, the thing with Taysom Hill, too, though, they have to be careful because in that same game, I can't remember exactly the situation, but Taysom, they, like, the Bucks sacked him, like, in the in the backfield because of, like, it just looked like an obvious play where Taysom Hill is clearly going to run the with the ball. So I think they have to be, you have to be careful how you use that because it's like, once he's in, it's like, like, I think the, the Saints are, crea- are creative sometimes with it, but sometimes I think it kind of bites them and it's like, you know, you kind of kill momentum. Like, I think they, they did that some last year. So, I think that finding the, the perfect balance there is, is a key to the Saints with Taysom Hill. I, yeah, I think it's kind of what you guys said. It's like, I think it's going to be different this year. Like, it's I don't think it's going to be – they gave Taysom Hill $21 million over two years. Yep. Yeah. I get the sense that – I get the sense that he's going to play more than we think. Like, maybe Sean – this would be a very Sean Payton thing to do to, like, college-style, legit two-quarterback offense. But – I don't know. I think he's going to be involved. Like he's young. He's got ju- well. He's not young, but he's got juice, and he's got a lot of athleticism to him. Even though he's thirty, uh, that was one of my takeaways. I don't think that number's going to go up this year. I'm not saying he'll equal Breeze or be more than Breeze. No, no. But I think he's going to play more than people think. Also, what are your thoughts? So this got broke. This get broke broke before, like early Sunday, or I think it was early Sunday. I think it was before the game, but that. The, the, the Saints were strongly considering going after Brady if Breeze ended up taking that deal, that TV deal. Like, what do you guys think about like the fact that they were going to go after Brady? Uh, unlike him going to Tampa, I'd probably be wearing a black and gold Tom Brady jersey right now. <laughs> and I think he takes. I think he takes that Saints job too. I think that I don't know. I don't know how you could. I don't think he. You know, Michael Thomas. Come on, like that's yeah. So, but anyways, I just thought that was intriguing that the Saints. Which I mean, yeah. what do you do? I mean, if, if Breeze is retiring, I mean, like, why not go after? him? Sorry, guys, if you hear a ringing in the background, my home, someone's actually calling my home phone, but it's probably a scam or some random number, like those, or a telemarketer. Sorry about that. But, uh, no, that was very interesting. Like, and even two people were saying to me, like, oh, how could you hate on him? Like, when I, cause I sent out, if you don't follow me on Twitter at Mr. Griff B, um, cheap plug, I know, I just tweeted out, Cam want to know, Tom want to know, with an emoji of the guy just shrugging his shoulders. And I did that just to be like a troll being like, like, it just shocks me that Cam has been in the organization for only two months and looks like he had a full off season with them. Meanwhile, Tom, who's been with them, I understand not having a preseason, but just the fact that 
you have this 20-year vet who's won six Super Bowls, who's with a new organization, and then you have Cam, who hasn't played in two years because of injuries. Looks like, like Cam just fit in perfectly, and also they catered the offense to him. But like I said, I think we're finally starting to see that Byron Leftwich isn't exactly Josh McDaniels for offensive coordinators. But I will give credit to Todd Bowles. Todd Bowles can run his defense really well, and he's all—he's also one of those guys. He's also one of those. Pardon me. I think that defense showed some some good things. I think they're going to be stronger as the year goes by. Murphy. Which was that's what they that was their, they were good last year. I mean, they were seven and nine with how horrible James Winston was. So um, Antoine Winfield and uh, Murphy Bunting really impressed me on their secondary because with their defense, the secondary is the one position that really is a bit of the concern for me, just because obviously. They have a good front seven, but the secondary is younger, and they gave up Hargraves last year because of behavioral issues. But even though he's a top sack DB in the league, that's the only other thing I have to say. Besides well, one that, thing I will, oh, go, go ahead, Brad. Oh, I was just gonna say, well, I was just going to say, like, look, I no, like the Brady stuff. Like, yes, they'll need time; they'll figure it out, and all those caveats. But I do think yesterday's two Patriots Bucks games highlight, um, like. Coaching matters, and offensive line matters. And so that's why, like, for last year, when everyone, and kind of for a lot of Brady's career, but especially last year, when everyone was saying, you know, what do you expect? Look at who the receivers were. Now he has Godwins and Evans and Howard. It's like, that is a, that is a part of the story. That is not the story. And yes, he upgraded at receiver. He also downgraded offensive line and downgraded at coaching. And that matters. That yeah. matters. That Cam with no receivers good. Yeah, and I think, <laughs> and, and to Chris's point about the like the whole memeing thing, like I, I'm not gonna lie, my like I'll laugh, like I thought it was hilarious the meme of like Brady on the sidelines, like going like, oh, I made a huge mistake. Yeah. Like, but it's early, like it's just being, it's just fun. Like, what do you expect Patriots fans to do? But I went into that game, like I watched that, I didn't watch that game wanting oh, that's Tom Brady to fail. I wanted him to succeed. So don't think that I went into that game. Like I really wanted to to, to go into that game and see Brady ball out. But it's like. You know, it's like because I am a huge fan of his, but at the same time, it just like it does show a lot that like okay, grass isn't always greener on the other side. But it's still week one. Let's not forget that it's still week one. Let's not overreact. Um, week six, if we're still seeing a struggling Tom Brady, then it might be a problem. But and especially too because their schedule, they play like teams like Green Bay. He's got to play Mahomes this year. Like when you play you teams like that, paper, you don't win games on paper. That's, no, no, no. I'm like, just saying this. That in a nutshell, like Big Red said, like everything, everything matters. You have to execute everything. Because next week, if they play Carolina and they don't beat Carolina significantly, you're going to get those people still making those questions. Like, or say if Brady has a questionable play here or there, it's a matter of, oh, when's he going to figure it out? And then Denver, who's still got a pretty good defense, even though they unfortunately lost Von Miller for the season. But like I said, too, when he's got to play like Aaron Rodgers, when he's got to play. Patrick Mahomes and that that because that Kansas City defense is nothing to laugh at anymore. That's one of the best defenses in the league. As I think, Big Rat's frozen on me. But Phil, are you still there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, big, I'm still here. I'm yeah, still he's here. yeah he's frozen. But that's the thing too. Is I want to see him against. Oh, uh, his video. Yeah, he's I think he's coming here. back. He's back. Sorry, he froze. Um, I want to see like when he plays like those good top tier other Super Bowl contender teams when it's later in the season or even too the rematch against New Orleans. I think it's week eight or nine. I want to see what they look like then. Uh, I just want to say, here, after the Panthers, I agree about the Panthers. It's as close to a must-win. A must-win in Week 2 is too exaggerated, I know. But, I mean, it's this is probably the lightest game in their schedule. Like, And I, it's no disrespect to the Panthers. It's just, literally, 
Here are the four defenses they face after next week. Broncos, Chargers, Bears, and Packers. It's like, there's no gimmies there. The Bears also, too, is on a short week. That's Thursday Night Football. In, in Chicago. Yeah, in Chicago. So that's the other thing, too. Traveling, and that's not in, that's not a close distance to travel, either, going from Florida to Illinois. That is pretty far. It's Yeah, they, they, they got some stuff to work through. I do think, I, I kind of foresee this week... As being the week where, like, it's like, okay, you know, they put up, like, 28 points, and they look good, and they win solidly, and everyone's like, okay, calm down, calm down, calm down. And then the next week when they play the Broncos in mile high, um, at least, like, they might, they might like, win the game, but the offense might not look as good and also, uh, because that's such a tough place to play. And also, too, Brady hasn't exactly put up, even with New England, he always struggled in Denver. There's only, like, a handful of games, like... One was Tebow in 2011, and then one was when they went there in 2017 when the Broncos were bad. But every time he played Peyton Manning in Denver, playoffs included, he did not win. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, like I said, I think this is – I still think this still says more about the Saints than it does the Bucks. I think the Saints are just really good. Oh, they are. 100%. Yeah. Um, just moving on quickly, which team would you say was worse yesterday, the Colts or – or the Eagles, which was the worst loss. Well, I'd say the, I would say the, I would say the Colts. The Colts have no no excuse. I don't care vision or not. They have no reason losing to the Jags. All this hype I heard about. That's why I was like, I don't know where all this hype was coming from because I just thought like Philip Rivers. Let's see. I mean, he's got to learn a lot. Uh, I mean, he's still got to like you know adjust and stuff. And we'll see if I end up eating my words. But it's like I was not impressed by that Colts team. Like I, I didn't have the hype. I didn't feel the hype that most people like. Some people had them winning the division. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. But then you have a team that's supposed to tank. A team that's supposed to tank goes in and beats you, like or you know, it's, was it in Jacksonville? I can't remember. But, it was in Jacksonville. Um, it, the only game yesterday in front of fans. That's right. That was one of the. Yeah. That that'll change next week. Uh, the Dolphins are allowed to have fans in the stands. Colts too, and I think this Thursday night there will be fans. Which to me, let's talk about that real quick. What are your thoughts? Do you think that that's an unfair advantage for a team? I don't. Because if you think about it, like we're we're watching the games and we're see, and we're hearing this, the crowd noise. So it's, by the way, sometimes it works. Sometimes it completely sounds awkward. Like I don't know about you guys and, and watching the game. Sometimes it sounds good. Sometimes it's not so good. Like the yeah. like, but I mean, obviously, dead silence. It would sound like a practice. It would be, it would be really you know practice to quote uh, Bill Belichick. But um, but yeah, I, I mean, I I don't know. I don't think that's. I don't think. I think if not every team can allow fans, that no team should have fans. That's just my opinion, though. Exactly, I agree. Yeah. Plain and but simple. That's, but here we are. So <laughs> that's not going to happen. Yeah. So. Like even though the yeah. Dolphins are allowing fans, I don't think Big Rat's going to be rushing to go into Hard Rock Stadium anytime soon. Or unless you are, that's yet up to you. No, no. I mean, I, I, I might, I might like towards the end of the year. Uh, yeah. But I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm busy, I'm busy this weekend anyways. So I got seeing how conditions are, policies, etc. But yeah. Okay, okay. Just wanted to ask, that's all. I do do think it should be all or nothing, though. I mean, they're not going to because they would rather have more revenue with whatever fans they can get to pay for tickets, and they'd be okay with that. So I get it from that angle. But yeah, it is. It it would have been really unfair if the Bucs won this game, and then when the Saints play the Bucs in Tampa Bay, the Bucs get to have, you know, all their fans in the stands later in the year. So. That's what I'm saying. So that's another thing too. It's like, yeah. So like later in the year, if you decide to like now, if people allow fans. It's like, 
like you said, I mean, then now it's like it kind of puts a disadvantage at the like when you played them early in the year or you know teams. So it's it's yeah, I agree. It's like when New England goes to Miami, which is the game's actually on my birthday, um, and they'll probably be in front of fans. Week fifteen, December twentieth. That is my birthday. Yeah, they'll definitely um, be in front of fans. It's yeah. Florida. Florida doesn't care. The only other things I need to say about yesterday is that... Even Big Red knows that. Yeah. Even Big Red knows that. That's, that's kind of their MO. Yeah. I mean, they've been back... Disney's been open for a while, so... <laughs> <laughs> the only other things I have to say about yesterday is that Baltimore looks good. I don't know what's wrong with Cleveland. And as for Thursday night, I think, Bill I think Bill O'Brien's gone at the end of the season if they don't make the playoffs. From day one, Griff, I'll tell you what's wrong with Cleveland. It's an organizational problem. Same thing with Detroit. Like, it's an organizational problem. You can add all the talent yeah. you want to that team until you change the mindset, yeah. which is what Oakland slash Las Vegas has had to do. Like, it's just, it's a mindset. Like, Cleveland has that mindset, we're not good enough. And so they're never going to be. Like, when you get there, it's like your mindset, you put the mindset on instantly. It's just, you, you can just tell that it's a culture problem. They're also on a very bad streak of, like, their head coach losing their first game in. And I was like, even yesterday, too, Kevin Stefanski was not Kevin Stefanski. He was, like, very, like, from what I, I didn't watch any of the game, but from what a lot of the play calls were, it seemed like he was very timid or he was kind of, like, conservative with his play calling. And also, too, for Baker... Baker's got to be Baker. Baker, I think, is trying to be like a Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes. And if Baker can be Baker and just sit back in the pocket, you know what, run occasionally, just throw to like Landry and throw to oh, throw to shit man, Odell. Um, puns are intended. I'm sorry. It's too easy. We also haven't recorded since that story broke. It's so funny that he plays for the Browns. Exactly. Whole new meaning to the term Cleveland steamer. Um, but... That's big ride is just losing an off count camera right now. Um, but man, I was looking at, but that's it's just I don't know what it is with Cleveland. But like I'm looking at Thursday nighters and no offense, but like the first three are Cleveland, Cincinnati, which I don't know how it's going to go. Then Miami, Jacksonville, and then New York and the Jets and the Broncos. So two of those three. It's not going anywhere. Yeah. But Thursday night football is trash, man. It's trash. It's always been trash. It always will be trash. Like even two good teams. It's it, like how many. Good Thursday night games? Can you think of off the top of your head? I can't think of any. Uh, <laughs> like, uh, like there's there was a when when Cleveland played the Jets two years ago and Baker Mayfield replaced Tyrod Taylor. That was fun. Yeah, that, yeah that, I do remember that one. That, okay, I'll give you that. There one. was OG fans remember this back in 2013 when they started doing Thursday night football. The Browns faced the Bills, and it was like EJ Manuel versus. <laughs> yes, I remember, I remember that. <laughs> I like the. Oh, oh his uh, signal kind of cut out, okay. but um. One thing, one thing I was gonna. Oh, there he is. He's back. One thing I was gonna say too is I still yeah. think. You know why? I still think OBJ gets traded. I still think it's happening. It just it seems to be like it's written on the wall. I don't know. I think they, it's next off season. I don't think it's this year. Well, whether whether it's his fault or not his fault, I just I don't know. It's really really hard to justify giving him and Landry the contracts they have with the offense not being as good as it should be. It's just like the financials don't make any sense. So, yeah, I think uh, it, it just seems like for whatever reason, like I, I saw that OBJ, I didn't I didn't watch that game at all. Uh, I watched most of the 1 o'clock games, but not that one. OBJ, I think he had 10 targets and three catches. And it's like, how, how does that happen? Like, yeah, he was... I drafted him in one of my fantasy leagues. I'm like, why? You never drafted him. Why? Why did you do this? <laughs> what? I'm going to look it up quickly because I'm curious. Um, he had three receptions on 22 yards 
Uh, he seven. averaged about 7.3 a carry, and he was targeted 10 times. Yeah. That's not good. Three catches for 22 that, yards. How, like, uh, is he is he just not the same? Is Baker just so inaccurate? Like, I just don't know what it is. Let me tell you, the Baker thing is becoming a real problem. Like, I don't want to overreact. It was the Ravens on the road. Like, it was literally as brutal of a matchup as you can get. But I feel like we all kind of entered this season thinking it can go one way or the other. Like, is he the guy we saw his first year? Is he the guy we saw last year? The early indications aren't great. Like, if they're bad this year, and I only say that not because I'm giving up on them, just because they're the Browns, and the expectation should be that they win less than six or seven games because that's just who they are until they prove otherwise. Um, like, it, it does kind of put them in an interesting spot because after this, after that third year, that's when that's when the extensions start coming in. Now, this, yeah. is when, this is when Deshaun and Mahomes got extended. You know, next year... Bake all those guys, Baker, Josh Allen, Darnold. It's gonna like at least if you're the Bills of Josh Allen, and it's like okay, we don't know yet, but like we're picking twentieth in the draft. Well, I, I think they're gonna be picking like twelfth. But like if you're picking late in the draft, it's like okay, well, what can we do about it? It's not like yeah, we have a well, quarterback. You, like, you pretty much have to you have to commit. I yeah, I agree with that because mm. like and with Baker, it's like I'll say this. I said this about the like the Browns keep drafting. Not only do they draft quarterback, like. Say what you want about talent-wise of Manziel and Baker, but they they kind of had the same mentality. Like they were great in college and everything, but they had this like I don't know, I don't even know. Like I wouldn't even say like I don't know if I would say cocky, but it's just they had this mentality that isn't going to work in Cleveland. Like I said, I said from get go, like Baker is going to fail in Cle- not for talent-wise he's going to fail, but he just isn't going to make it work because I just don't think that's the kind of person they need. They need a true leader quarterback. Not saying that Baker's not a leader, it just doesn't. He doesn't. I don't know. It's, I can't really describe it. I just think Baker's just like it, to me is a carbon copy of Manziel, and it didn't work with Manziel. So why do you think it's going to work with Baker? I just don't. I, I never thought that matchup between them and Cleveland was going to work well. But um, and I'll say this: somewhere right now, Trevor Lawrence is on his knees begging the Browns to win games because <laughs> he does not want to. I, I would not want to go there. I would just be like, Nah, I'm good. <laughs> the way you looked yesterday, the Jet fans better be hoping that they tank because. Like I said yesterday, Darnold did not look good yesterday, and I know... saw one play that looked absolutely like yeah. wide-open crowder. The team in general, like, I don't know how you justify Adam Gase keeping his job after this season. We'll see where they... Well, it depends still early. on... Still early. Long season. Um, this... I will say this. The people who like to bet on, like, spread lines in the NFL, for any listeners, the Jets with Adam Gase is very, very easy to figure out. I've been saying this for a year now on this podcast. They will either win a game close, or they will lose and get their asses kicked. So it's very simple. When you see Buffalo plus six and Buffalo minus six and a half, I think was the spread. You have to ask yourself: Do you think the Jets can beat them in Buffalo? If you think the answer is no, then expect the Buffalo to win by double-digit points. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened. Like similarly, last year I've told the story before on the podcast. Uh, I helped one of my biggest wins in gambling was Week 16. They faced the Steelers at home, and the Steelers were like five-point favorites. And I was like. Well, this doesn't make sense. You either blow out the Jets or you lose close. And do I think the Steelers with Duck Hodges can blow out the Jets? No. So I'm like, yeah, I think the Jets are just going to beat them. Like, even though the Jets aren't that good, I think they're just going to win. And that's what happened. They beat them at home and kind of ended their season. So, uh, like, that, that that's how you figure them out. And also, too, if you're the Jets, you get a very welcome present in a very pissed-off San Francisco 49er team coming to town this coming Sunday. And just looking at the spreads quickly, uh, the Jets are uh, San Francisco's a six and a half point favorite. I, I I'll, I'll take San Francisco to cover. Uh, 
Yeah, it's either I would say you either pick San Francisco to cover and they'll win by double digits, or if you think the Jets or if you think the Jets are gonna cover, don't bet on the Jets to cover. Bet on the Jets money line to pull the upset and win a close game. because uh, if there's no way the game is I don't I can't see like San Francisco winning by three. I don't think that's on the table here. It's Jets by three or San Francisco by, you know, ten by double digits, like like the story of Patriots Jets for the last ten years has been either a close. It just. Well, I was just going to say very quickly. A lot of that seemed like Darnold's fault. Like he was just. It was bad. Like he was just missing throws. Like. Yeah. That his offensive line looked shaky. Daniel Jones just threw a pick. He comes out. He's drawn out, and then like literally has an open throw and takes a sack. Like. He had all day to at least throw it away, and then Crowder's wide open. Like I just watched the play today; they like they reshowed it, and it's like, what are you doing? Like that's like you should like okay, first year stuff maybe, but sec like come on, bro. Like you should be you should make that at least get get it close to him. Like you just take the sack there was 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 horrible. Um, I'm just looking here at spreads quickly. One I would take to cover. I would take the Panthers. The the Bucks are an eight point favorite. I think the pan there's a chance the Panthers could cover. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think the Panthers cover that. I mean, I'm not whole, like I'm not big on on spreads, but I, I would think they they cover that. And also, too, another one that could potentially cover, I think, is the uh, Chiefs are a nine point favorite. I think there's a chance the Chargers could cover that one as well. Yeah, like the Chargers aren't yeah. good, but they're not that bad. Their their defense is good though. Yes, I'll say that they 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 played they played a good. I I mean, Tyrod was you know at times tough to watch. Uh, in terms of like funness, like the, their offense just wasn't that fluid. But, but like their defense, their defense showed up. Like they, I, I know it's the Bengals. It's it's a rookie quarterback with a bad offensive line, but still, I, I thought their defense was consistently getting pressure. They were they were a fun watch. But even Daniel Jones just made an awful throw in the end zone, intercepted. Just throw that on there. Yeah, <laughs> awful um, but, throw. Like why are you making that throw? I, yeah. I was just I was just. Uh, applaud him early early in the game too now he's making some dumb throws yeah like even to tyrod taylor 16 for 30 with 208 yards and then burrow was 23 for 36 with 193 and a pick with a 66.1 uh qbr like for what burrow like when i said earlier he didn't look like a rookie he looked like a veteran like burrow's gonna be exciting to watch but they're just not gonna win that many football games it's as simple as that they just still have to add a bunch of pieces in so we'll see but at least if you're a Bengals fan there's like it's like Miami this year. There's hope towards the future. Like twenty twenty yeah, I mean, can be like a write off, the, but the thing is you got, like you have the talent at quarterback. Okay, now you need to build around them. You need to make sure he has a defense. You need to make sure the coaching's there. So if I if I could say on Miami, because um, I haven't gotten to talk about them yet, because I need to yell at them a little bit. Go ahead. So, uh, yes, yes. Looking towards the future, you're right on that. It is about the future. Don't overrate this year and these circumstances, etc. So. For all the people who've listened to me come on this show and talking about this Dolphins team, I've been saying for a long time, I think this is the worst team in the division. Yes, even worse than the Jets. I know the Jets are everyone's punching bag and all this and that. Um, but the Dolphins' defense is just not ready yet, and I've been saying it all summer. And I think they were getting a little too much hype because of that Week 17 win when they weren't quite there yet. I think expecting a Ryan fitzpatrick chan Gailey team to win 9 through 10 games is asinine in 2020. Maybe, maybe their path to contention is like Tua comes off the bench and he has like a 2012 Russell Wilson like rookie season. And if that means absent that, 
even though I thought they're they're even though I thought Flores like did a decent job and Jerome Baker did a good game and Wilkins and Gotchow a good game, I thought the offense was quite bad. I thought Fitzpatrick was terrible. The receivers were quite bad. Um, there was very little separation throughout the game. DP got hurt. Preston Preston was able to draw the DPI calls on Gilmore, but wasn't really able to separate himself a whole lot throughout the game. I don't know why they didn't get Jakeem Grantmore involved. He's kind of their speedster spark plug who could beat man coverage that the Patriots use a lot of. He should have been more of an emphasis in the passing game than he was. Um, the offensive line looked okay. I don't yeah. think. Yeah, but I, I also like not to dig sand in the wound on this. Although not too much sand. You guys won. You're feeling good. Uh, Patriots D line is not exactly the most intimidating test. So yeah. next week they play Buffalo and. I would like to see that to see like if this offensive they're starting they're starting for those that don't know they're they're starting two rookies in the offensive line they're not just starting their first round pick Austin Jackson at left tackle they're starting their fourth round pick Solomon Kinley at right guard starting like in the COVID offseason a fourth round pick and they're playing Ted Karras at center Ted Karras who replaced freaking David Andrews last year and some Patriots fans weren't a big fan of him. Eric Flowers is their best and most reliable offensive lineman at left guard. That's so, not a good thing. Just, yeah, so it's 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 sketchy. I mean, good, good on them for playing decently yesterday, but as long as Fitz is in there, I just don't see a lot of potential for this team. I think that every time, like Fitz, like hats off to him. He managed the bad situation last year. He made the season fun for the fan base. He made it manageable to watch and sit through. He gave us some fun games and fun moments. So for that. Thank you for your services. But now that the standards are raised and it's no longer about tanking, it's like, I mean, every quarterback they play is going to have a quarterback advantage on Fitz for the most part with a few exceptions. So, yeah, I'm kind of I, – I, I did not think he played well. I did not think the offense played well. My hope is that – I also but I also don't want to put Tua in right away. I want to give him more time. I don't want to start him against the Bills defense. I don't want to start him Thursday night on the road at Jacksonville in front of fans. I'd rather not that not be his first start. The week after when they play the Chargers, maybe we can we can talk about that. Or my bad, I think it's the week after that where they play the Chargers week five. We yeah, play the Seahawks we week four. Now. There's no need to throw him out there right now. Like there's just no need to do that. Um, one thing I will say, Big Red, it didn't seem like they used him a lot, but like I, the little bit I got to see of him, you're tied in. I can't pronounce his name, but you're tied in. Yeah, he, he seemed like he could, like, they should really use him more. Like, he seemed like the one, to, like, I think the one or two places I saw him do, like, he seemed good. Yeah, he did. Um, just quick, quick clarification, the Chargers is actually week seven. So, okay. then. Um, or the Seahawks week four. I think it is the Seahawks uh, week four. Yeah, so, uh, the Gusecki, Gusecki is good. Um, he drew the DPI call. On the, I think that was Terrence Brooks. Might yeah, Brooks. it was Brooks, yeah. See Jackson? Um, he is good. He's going to be more involved. I mean, he was very explosive in December. He was like, in that uh, game against the Bengals last year, and in the but, game two against uh, New England week, the famous Week Seventeen game, he had a few significant plays. Just looking at the schedule, you guys go home to Seattle, at Denver, at, at San at San Francisco, at Denver, and then I believe the Chargers. Yeah, so I would I would either do home to Seattle or home to Chargers, and I know the Chargers is not an ideal defense to play against, but I do not want to start them on the road in either of those games, and those are both pretty intimidating fronts. Those are pretty tough places to play, so I'd rather not. Uh, so I'm just gonna uh, stick with that. But I, I I thought 
Yeah, I mean, realistically, like the Dolphins fought, but like Nikhil Harry doesn't fuck up. The Patriots are up twenty one to three. That's like, right. Yeah. And like the Dolphins, they probably could have scored a touchdown towards the end to make it twenty one eleven anyways, you know. But yeah, I mean I just thought I thought they looked they did not look that great offensively, defensively, despite getting gashed on the ground. Like they you know, they made adjustments, they were hustling, they had some wild plays here and there. So Hopefully, let's just see if they play better this week. I really want this win. I personally don't care that much about this season. They can go 5-11. and 11. It really won't bother me. It won't change my trajectory of the future. It won't change anything. In fact, it will just mean we get a better draft pick. So that's cool with me, too. Uh, but, but this game I want. I, I'm so tired of Josh Allen kicking the Dolphins' ass. Josh Allen has played the Dolphins four times. There are seriously, like, maybe the four best games of his career. I'm not even exaggerating. Even when he was a rookie. When he was a rookie, his two best games by far were both against the Dolphins. And I'm sick and tired of that. I'm sick and tired of watching him gash up this team. And then other smarter teams, like your Patriots, you know, they know how to make him have a bad game. Like, why can't we ever do it? Like, if we are supposed to have the same Patriots defensive mentality, like... So, yeah, this this week is important to me. The rest of the season, I'm up and down about. I care about the division games. I care about winning this week. And then I'll obviously care when two is in the lineup. And that is a win. There, there's no chance Fitz will start all 16 games. Oh, yeah, there's no chance. Either. No, not a chance. I just love to how with the Bills and Dolphins that Miami goes to – Miami go – Buffalo goes to Miami when it's still hot as balls, which I assume it's still really warm down there. And then you guys go to Buffalo when it's going to be freezing cold. I, I just find that hilarious. Yeah, and, and, it, and it, 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 I, it hurts us more than it hurts them. I mean, it certainly hurts them. But when for years, whenever the Dolphins go into Buffalo, it's just, it's like a funeral home. Like, it's, it's just brutal. Like, they just, they get murdered every single time. It's almost as bad as going to Foxborough. But, um, you know, last year, last year they actually put up somewhat of a fight at first. Um, and then kind of faded a little bit in the fourth quarter. So hopefully that changes. But yeah, the, the temperature effects definitely matter. No I, doubt about that. I do remember the game last year. I think the Miami was up like, I think 17-7 to 7 at some point. And then I think Allen had a big like second half and fourth quarter. And then the the Bills ended up winning that game. The only, I can't remember when the one in Miami was. But I like you said, I like you said. Uh, well, it, it was very forgettable. Yeah. It was week nine. It was after the Dolphins got their second win over the Colts and then week nine they played the Bills at home they lost 37 to 20 and they got like absolutely torched by the Bills mm. Allen was fucking killing us that day ah uh, well I think that's gonna think besides I don't think we have anything else to talk about guys so um both of you guys thank you very much for coming back on episode 24 uh we will see you guys later um another we'll see you guys back here later this week as we do our picks for week two of the NFL season, guys, take care and have a good day. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast, NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty 
from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com.